You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. excited about the 12th of December? Not particularly. The time for protest is over. It's time for leadership. And that is what this government provides. In every town and village in this country, Labour will be there giving a message of real hope where this government offers nothing. People have a very clear choice. If they want Brexit, they can vote for Labour or the Conservatives of the Brexit Party. And if they want to stop Brexit, they need to vote for the Liberal Democrats. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Sebastian Salik. And good afternoon, I'm Roger Hearing. And uh, we're going to have a look at some of what people have been saying initially on the NHS and where it's going and, and what either well, either of the main parties would do with it. Yeah, key battleground, of course. It's Labour who's focusing on the health service today, although we've had interventions, haven't we, from key health groups as well, the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges and NHS providers saying there should be an honest debate. They shouldn't be using the health service to try and win votes. So Labour's reduced figures looking at the number of cancelled operations. We heard from the Shadow Health Secretary, Jonathan Ashworth. Doctors, nurses have to hold us to account. But also, I'm not going to apologise for being passionate And I'm not going to apologise for being angry when I've had a constituent who's had his bladder cancer operation cancelled twice. Meanwhile, the Conservative Work and Pensions Secretary, Therese Coffey, insists her party has the vision for the long term. The NHS, instead of having this hand-to-mouth existence, we have this 10-year plan in place in terms of ongoing funding. Now we've made sure that key capital projects have got that 10-year forward look. So that's where the big focus is going to be today, certainly for the Labour Party. What we also had over the weekend was the first set in this election campaign of Sunday polling numbers. And they made for some interesting readings. Uh, Let's bring in Bloomberg's UK government reporter Jess Shankleman on this and have a look through these essentially. Uh, Jess, how are the chances of a Tory majority looking here based on what we saw from these polling yesterday? Well, first of all, Seb, the caveat always is we have to be careful on these polls. The last couple of years, the polls haven't really translated into the actual vote. What's happened this this weekend is we've seen the gap narrowing between uh, the Conservatives and the Labour Party. The Conservatives still look like they could get a majority based on what's polling, but Labour are slowly starting to catch up. And that's that we've seen today, that's already had an impact on the pound. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I suppose the the various scenarios that one could 
envisage coming out of this election. One would be, as you say, a conservative majority, probably not a vast one, but a, a workable one. But the other one that people have been talking about is a hung parliament. And if you add up the figures that, that I'm seeing in front of me, these poll numbers, you can quite see how there might we might end up with a situation where Labour and the Lib Dems, the SNP, somehow get together and form, a, perhaps if not a coalition, a kind of uh, confidence and supply arrangement that would keep that going. Yeah, the real challenge for this election is that it's a general election, but it's being fought on the battleground of Brexit. So there'll be lots of people who, who will be treating it almost like a second referendum. That's what Joe Swinson wants when she says, if you want to stop Brexit, you have to vote Joe for Swinson, us. Joe Swinson, leader of the Lib Dems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so while it, what's what's been really interesting today is we've started to hear the Conservative Party talk a lot more about the Brexit Party. Nigel Farage, leader of the Brexit Party, yesterday said he, wa- he wasn't going to run himself, but he was going to put candidates in 600 seats. That's a bit of a nightmare for the Conservative Party because their real challenge is to squeeze out the Brexit Party vote. I was up in Bishop Auckland a couple of weeks ago, which is a, a Tory Labour marginal, and I was speaking to people who were saying, gosh, we wish, we, we wish the Brexit Party and the Tory party would just do a pack because we want to vote for both of them. We like what Boris Johnson's doing, but we also really support Nigel Farage. So today what we've been hearing is key conservative um, members like Jacob Rees-Mogg saying, if you vote for the Brexit party, you actually might not get Brexit, which is quite an interesting line, but that that's what that's the line they're taking. Yeah, it's a funny position for them, isn't it? Because presumably it's the Tories' interest to weaken them, but not to wipe them out entirely, because they can also impact Labour, of course, especially in those heartlands. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, the, for Jeremy Corbyn, they have to try and squeeze out the Liberal Democrats, who because there's lots of people who in the 2017 election voted for Jeremy Corbyn because of his soft Brexit position, thinking he was backing Remain. But obviously, Jeremy Corbyn has kept a, a kind of this constructive ambiguity position, which means that he also needs to try and squeeze out the Brexit party. It's a, it's a bigger challenge for him, for sure. And it was interesting, some of the papers are coming up this morning with the line that he had told his cabinet to get in line, to, to get with the programme, whatever phrase you want, because he is perhaps worried about the party's somewhat tortuous position on Brexit uh, being exposed a bit, maybe. Well, it, it absolutely has been exposed. And I read that article as, as uh, Corbyn trying to show that he was marking his authority. And there's lots, lots of people, lots of his critics have been saying that the Labour Party position isn't clear and that he's not really in charge. We've seen reports of uh, Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell actually people saying he's the one in charge. Tom Tom Watson's been pushing for a Remain alliance. So Jeremy Corbyn there was, was trying to show that he is indeed the leader and, and he's here to stay. Is it fair to say that the threat of split votes is greater for Labour given that they have the Lib Dems on one side and the Brexit Party on the other, whereas the Tories it's presumably just the Brexit Party? Well that's right but also if you're seeing it through the lens of Brexit, if you look at the leave vote you've got you can i if you wanted to vote for for brexit you would either vote for the conservatives or the brexit party but if you wanted to back remain you've got the green party the scottish nationalist party labor potentially and the liberal democrats so and ply cymru so the 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 remain vote is much more split and that's really what the tories are banking on to try and win their majority so let's you mentioned the snp there because i think scotland is a very interesting situation this we even saw a conservative mp uh, now saying he won't stand again because of uh, rumours of, of, of goings-on inside the House of Commons and allegations, which he denies. But nonetheless, that's going to uh, make things almost worse, potentially, for the Conservatives in Scotland. But Labour aren't having a good run either, although they've pretty much said that there can be a second independence referendum. 
Yeah, well, the the SNP have been chomping at the bit for this referendum for sure. I mean, Labour basically saw that they were almost wiped out in the last in the last election in 2017. And now Ruth Davidson, who's this charismatic Tory, Scottish Tory leader, she stood down because she just couldn't really abide by Boris Johnson's Brexit plans. So I think there's going to be, the the, 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 the union is going to be a really big story of this election. And the result, what we could see indeed exactly is the SNP having huge gains and that leading to another Independent, Scottish independence referendum. So, I mean, maybe the answer just is that it's too early, but why haven't we seen the Tories jumping on this? Remember those posters we saw last time with Ed Miliband in Alex Salmon's pocket? That was really powerful with voters in previous elections. Is this something that we're going to see again this time around? Well, it's, no, it's a really interesting question. And there's been a lot of, lot of um, speculation, people talking about why Boris Johnson hasn't championed the union as much as his predecessors did and i think he's he's so focused on brexit and now over the next six weeks i think i think like you say maybe it is a bit too early but he's going to have to spend a lot of time uh up in scotland if he if he wants to make sure that he wins those seats and as you said one of the uh, tory mps stood down today i mean i think i think he was already looking looking like he probably wasn't going to keep his seat anyway so that him standing down might not be such a huge loss as as it looks like from the outset but um yeah it's going to be a, one of the really big challenges for the tory party Jess, let's change the conversation slightly and, and look at say the possible outcomes and what the outcomes could be for brexit as a result because as you said many people see there's the brexit election whether the party leaders want it that way or not if there were to be a hung parliament and if labor could somehow put together enough votes to keep going would there, you know, perhaps with the support of the Lib Dems and the SNP and one or two others, would they then be likely to pursue a Brexit option? Would they go for further negotiations? Would they take on the Brexit deal, which the House of Commons actually has voted for? Where is Brexit like to go under those circumstances? I'm not sure I entirely understand the question. What I'm saying is, if you got to a point where the Tories didn't have a majority, and Labour and the Lib Dems and the SNP could form a kind of functioning administration, potentially... Where would Brexit likely go under that circumstance? Well, the Labour Labour Party position is to renegotiate a new deal with the EU, which would um, keep the keep the UK in the customs union and I think single market as well. But then to take that deal to the British public, if they were in a and 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 the Labour Party haven't said this is crucial. They haven't said if in that second referendum whether they would support their own deal or whether they would campaign to remain in the UK in the EU. If they were in a coalition with the Liberal Democrats, what we would likely see is a softening of their Brexit position. So you could you could one option would be that you might see them campaigning for Remain, which which does seem strange. It's hard to imagine. I mean, what we saw with Boris Johnson going going for a hard. Brexit right up until he got that deal and once he got that deal there was no talk of of a no deal Brexit and it's it is it is very hard to see Jeremy Corbyn negotiating a deal like that with the EU and then campaigning against it but that's that's a possibility the other issue here is are the EU even going to come back to the negotiating table you saw how exasperated they were the second time round are they going to go in for a round three of negotiation because technically this could go on forever well, the EU's. The, I mean, yeah, that's a question. That's a question for uh, Brussels reporters. But the EU has allowed this three-month extension for an election to take place, knowing full well that it could completely change the makeup of Parliament and that to happen. So I think, 
it, I think they will be prepared for that. All right. Um, if let's take another scenario, which is that the Tories do get there, but perhaps uh, the Brexit Party has some MPs, and between them, potentially, they can form a functioning administration, a bit like the DUP perhaps were before. Does Boris then go for a no-deal Brexit? Well, this is this is exactly what Jacob Rees-Mogg was talking about this morning. Because if say say you had uh, Brexit Party MPs instead of the DUP propping up a minority Conservative government, Nigel Farage today has hardened his position on Boris's deal, saying absolutely not. What I want is no deal. And there's lots of Tory. Um, Tory Eurosceptics like Marc Francois who also really, really want a no-deal Brexit. So that is going to put pressure on Boris Johnson to go for no deal and and to and you know that and and there's loopholes in in his deal are going to be exposed. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel Financial Advisors. If you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Let's have a look at these newspapers. You're looking at The Guardian, right? Yeah, an interesting piece by John Harris in The Guardian today. Headline is, Elections used to bring us solutions. The 2019 general election won't. In the confusion of today's cynical politics, John Harris says, where scandal and lies seem to be priced in, nothing is ever achieved. From the politicians who reluctantly voted for it to the millions who must now make a choice and cast their vote, everyone surely knows it. This is a very, very weird election. I mean not that not just in terms of the borderline absurd timing, he says, nor the sense that it will resolve the fundamentals of Brexit, but much deeper tensions and contradictions. Yeah, a hot topic of debate, isn't it, whether this will really solve anything, because as we were just discussing, you could come back and get a hung parliament. That really leaves you no wiser than where we are currently. The many arguing, of course, that a second referendum would be the the better resolution to this. But of course, the numbers just weren't there in parliament. I'm looking at another piece in The Guardian, 10 key marginal seats that may define the general election. And lots of the usual suspects are here. You've got Hastings and Rye, Amber Rudd, of course, on a very small majority there. Of course, she's not running again, though. Canterbury, the poster child for university towns, which was taken by Labour in the last election, working of Workington Man fame, a Labour Tory marginal. But what really struck me was how few Labour Lib Dem seats there are here. And we talk a lot about splitting the Remain vote, but when it comes to the seats that matter, that isn't really a key battleground for those two parties. Well, let me bring you a piece from The Times that really shows what some in the Conservative Party are thinking in terms of taking on Labour. Tories should copy Labour's plan for social care, Claire Foges says. By offering free personal care to all over 65s, the Conservatives can unite the parties and complete the welfare state. 
She says she reflects on election night 2017 when she said the problems there were very clear because of that near miss. Boris Johnson's strategist will doubtless have a rule for this campaign. Whatever Theresa did, do the exact opposite. And that means spending for the over 65s. Because you'll remember it was the, uh, the taxes or the threats to make people sell their own homes for social care that really did for Theresa May's campaign. The dementia tax, yeah, it really didn't go down very well, did it? And it's always interesting to see the Tories try and fight Labour on what is traditionally their uh, well-established battleground. Uh, so, so fair play to them there. And also I've seen some reporting today uh, that the Tories are joining in with this idea of offering uh, or continuing uh, free licence fee payments for the over 75s as well, which has previously been a hot topic of debate. Let's bring in Molly Scott Cato, the Green Party MEP for the southwest of England and Gibraltar. She's also running uh, as a UK parliamentary candidate for Stroud. Great to have you with us, Molly. So we've got a little bit more clarity on uh, potential parliamentary packs. Ply Kimru leader Adam Price saying that there were positive discussions with the Greens, your party, and the Lib Dems. The Lib Dems saying they see a deal likely in the tens of seats. What's the latest plan from your perspective? Well, you can hear from that that the Greens are keeping their lips sealed, and that's what we've actually all agreed to do. So I can't tell you any more than the other party leaders have told you. Um, Basically, what, what happens in the room stays in the room. But I can say that we're very keen on the idea of having electoral cooperation, as are so many voters, actually. And the main purpose for this is to make sure that we get a large chunk of MPs going to Westminster who are determined to stop Brexit. So how formal are we thinking here? Is this going to be at party level or a constituency level? Well, obviously, the people who've spoken are national leaders. So that tells you that, you know, they're the people in the know. But I just wanted to say that what it's about is precisely breaking that logjam at Westminster where we might have another hung parliament, again, Labour refusing to properly oppose Brexit, the government trying to push it through. The way to change that and to change the dynamic and to make sure we do stop Brexit is to have a large number of MPs going to Westminster precisely to do that, and that's why I'm standing. But, Molly, that's an interesting point because what happens, obviously, as you will know, is that where people in certain constituencies have been selected, perhaps even months or even years ago, have campaigned solidly, have been out the streets putting out leaflets they suddenly tell no you stand aside for the greater good i mean that's painful isn't it that's extremely painful and if this pact comes together and and, you know that's why it's taking a while to arrange i think we really should pay tribute to the candidates who do stand aside and they're doing that for the greater good of the country and then i hope voters will reward parties who have managed to negotiate and cooperate the stop Brexit for the good of the country. And I'm afraid to say that the Labour Party is neither a Remain party, nor is it ever interested in trying to work with other parties. And I think that's really disappointing. What about you? What happens if, if your leadership in Stroud comes and says, I'm terribly sorry, Molly, you've got to stand aside? How would you feel? Of course, I would feel very disappointed. I mean, my objectives for, the, for, this camp, for this election are to make sure there isn't a Tory majority, to make sure we have a large bunch of MPs at Westminster who are just going there to stop Brexit. As far as Brexit's concerned, that's their objective. And then to make sure that we have more green MPs, because in any fair voting system, we would have 20, 30, 40 MPs standing on our platform, and our voters deserve to be represented. So those are the three objectives from the pact. What do you say to people who would argue that this is a great idea in principle, but that the numbers just aren't there? I'm looking at your uh, seat in Stroud back in 2017. It really was a Labour-Tory fight. And as you say, Labour isn't officially a Remain party and so wouldn't necessarily be part of this decision. So to be honest with you, if we go back to what you said about John Harris, the main problem we can solve at this election is this disastrous two-party system and the awful straitjacket it pushes us into. So every time a general election comes round, the Reds scream, oh, look, the Blues are coming, and the Blues scream, oh, look, the Reds are coming. And lots and lots of the people that voted for Labour last time actually want a Green MP. But Molly, we learned in 2011 that there's no appetite for that. 
But if I can just go on and say that in the European elections, you can see how people really voted under a fair voting system. And the Greens got 28% in Stroud and Labour right back on 6%. So that's what we need to translate into this election to get a strong Remain MP in Stroud and in lots of other constituencies as well. And you, what you want is a strong Remain majority in the House of Commons, if I'm reading you correct. But are you saying that you would support what the Lib Dems say, for example, which is they want to revoke Article 50 and not have uh, us leaving the European Union at all? Our policy is different from that because we respect... Not the referendum result, which was, you know, corrupt and illegal in my view, but we do respect people that voted for Brexit. We understand the desperate situation they're in, and we don't think we should neglect them. So we're listening to them. So our policy is to stop Brexit, but I think we do need a referendum to do that. So we're with the Lib Dems in terms of wanting to stop Brexit, but we don't think we should ignore Leave voters. So to be absolutely clear, the only way Brexit would end is through another referendum, which would say, if if it came out the way you hope it would, um, that we should stay in the European Union. Yeah, I mean, we're a representative democracy and you can see that the referendum has really sort of gone like a hand grenade into our politics and just blown everything apart. But we do think that to get out of Brexit, we're going to have to have another referendum. And now that people know much more about what Brexit actually means and how destructive it is, I'm convinced that we'll get a Remain majority. And in fact, that's why the Brexit side don't want us to have another referendum. And then if we get to a second referendum and the Leave vote inches it again, does that put the issue to bed for you? I think it would have to, yes, absolutely. I, I'm prepared to accept the result the second time around, whichever way it goes. Why not the first time We'll around? have the information now. Well, because it was just, it was an empty prospectus and people voted for all sorts of different Brexits and that's really what's created the mess since 2016 because some people wanted this sort of mythical WTO Brexit, other people wanted Brexit more like Boris Johnson's deal, some people thought we'd be staying in the single market but leaving the political institutions. So basically they assembled a majority for lots of different kinds of Brexit. Now we've got one on the table, it's the Boris Johnson deal, let's see if people prefer that to remaining in the EU. There's of course a third way here and that's a no-deal Brexit and you saw how well the Brexit party did at the European elections that you cited earlier. That of course is their policy, would you put that on the paper as well? I think it would be irresponsible to put a no-deal Brexit on the, on the paper because, I mean, we've heard from the British Medical Association that that would mean actually loss of life. It's incredibly risky in terms of health supplies, uh, but also in terms of economy and jobs. And so it's undefined and dangerous for the country. So I don't think it, people should be given the opportunity to vote for that. But isn't the whole point of what you're doing, talking about, for example, green people, green candidates standing aside or others standing aside to make sure that the issue of Remain drives this election, isn't that dangerous? Because elections have to be about more than just one issue, surely? Well, that's why Caroline Lucas, our only MP, um, didn't vote for the election, because we think we should have had a people's vote to determine the Brexit question, because obviously in the general election, people will vote for lots of different things. But the main thing is, in the previous parliament, the one that will be dissolved on Wednesday, we have had very few MPs who are actually solidly for Remain. We've had Caroline Lucas, we've had Lib Dems, we've had Scottish Nationalists, whereas we know that more than half the country actually want to stay in the EU. So what we want to do in this election is make sure that the people that want us to stay at the heart of Europe get their proper representation in Parliament. But what about all the other things? I mean, you know, we've seen Greta Thunberg talking in New York about the urgency of the environmental agenda, which is absolutely the core of your party. Uh, If you force all this election to be basically on the lines of Brexit, then supposing I'm I'm a Green supporter in Stroud, but I am also a Brexit supporter, I can't vote for you. Well, you're giving people another excellent reason to vote for me, actually, because I'm obviously representing the party that's been concerned about the climate for 30 years, and people can trust us to take the action that we need to take on climate. That's why our slogan in the election is 
yes to Europe, yes to urgent climate action. So, yeah, there's another good reason to vote Green. But then you have an arguably more popular party on the left, the Labour Party, with uh, Labour for a Green New Deal. They're making big statements in this direction. Are you worried about them eating into that vote on that basis? Well, I see that we're having a lot of influence on Labour and they're worried about voters coming to us because they know that we take action on the climate crisis. And, I mean, it's good that they're now finally sort of seeing that there are economic implications of the climate crisis. But unfortunately, their Green New Deal doesn't take into account transport, which is the biggest source of emissions that nobody's really controlling. And also their spending programme relies on economic growth and they have no way of dealing with the extra emissions associated with economic growth. So so would you go into a coalition with Labour? You've talked about working together on Brexit. If you get in and there's enough of you to get together to outnumber the Tories, would you work with them in a coalition? I think the main thing would be to negotiate so that we have a people's vote um, through cooperation. I'm not clear exactly what form that cooperation would take. Obviously, after the election, there would need to be discussions about that. But I certainly think that's a positive way forward because Labour's policy kind of like we'll negotiate a better Brexit and then you can have the choice, but we won't campaign. We're not promising to campaign for Remain. I don't think that's good enough for people who want us to stay in the EU. So we'd have to pin them down on something better if we were going to cooperate with them in government. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.